So, um, I think I started off yesterday as a believer. May have ended the day after watching these movies. A nihilist. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you, you want that egg. I, I, I might be, I might be. I'm a further reincarnation of Otto Bathurst. Otto Bathurst. Wait, so, so was that like? So the uh, the prologue takes place in 1985. Okay. So in theory, Mark Wahlberg hasn't been born yet in 1985. But if the movie takes place in 2020, does that mean that Mark Wahlberg is playing like a 25 year old, or oh. no, a 35 year old man? 35 year old man. I, I, I think I think so. I think so. I think the I movie think so. is trying to trick you into thinking that Mark Wahlberg is 35, which is he, – he looks great for his age. He's, he's not. not 35. He's not. I saw him get on that motorcycle. He's He is a little – like he he's moving like a 50-year-old man. Yeah. He's like a normally aging man. He's, he's, he's a fit – he's a very fit 50-year-old. Anyway, long story short, this episode's going to have more questions than answers. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, but scientifically proven? Not Maybe not this time around. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Question mark? Performance by your favorite actor? I don't know. Infinite has me... Uh, Welcome to the Academy. Infinite, Infinite has me discombobulated, to say the least. I'm yeah. Don Saunderson. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, one of the many reincarnations of Harry Treadway, a.k.a. Patrick Gremion. Uh, Heinrich. Heinrich? What kind of name is Heinrich? Uh, uh, well, uh, and here's the thing. Is Otto Bathurst, was that like his first name? Was he like so a caveman named Otto? How does your name... Yeah, that's a good question, Patrick. So, it, like, wouldn't one of them be like Adam? Yeah. Or, or like, Eve? There's one or named Abel. You know, yeah. Cain and Abel. Hmm. Maybe that's the artisan's work. Yeah, that, tr- that, tr- that tricky artisan. <laughs> Why isn't one of them named Barney Rebel? Oh, this one, this episode <laughs> is going to be psychedelic, man, because we're talking about two, two movies that came out knee deep within the global pandemic that you yeah. may or may not have remembered existed. Probably don't need to know existed, yeah. but we're covering Maybe. them anyway. Antoine Fuqua somehow pulled off. Two pictures in 2021. Yes, of course, we're talking about the sci-fi action film Infinite from 2021, as well as the American crime thriller The Guilty from uh, he, 2021. She joins a, you know, uh, a, a prestigious crew. You know, you had Steven Spielberg with Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. You had Soderbergh with Aaron Brockovich and Ocean's traffic. Eleven. Traffic, yeah. not Ocean's Eleven. Traffic, my bad. Traffic, and then, yeah. yeah, and then and, um, yeah, and the guilty. I mean, the um, big three, the the big three of top of the line. Um, top, you know, double double features, double, double fe- features. Top of the line of, yeah. So I'm not sure if you saw my review on Letterbox. This Infinite was the first one I have not given five stars to in a while. I opted to decline a star Ooh. rating for Infinite Light. rather than Light. um. I mean, stay polite, but my review was, uh, watched on Amazon. (laughs) Uh, Just to preface all of this ahead of time, this might actually, you know, you can listen to us talk about this for an hour. You can look at uh, the Ringer Sean Fennessy's review on Letterboxd, which was, Mm -hmm. for Infinite, not a good film. Not fun, funny, or smart. Also dull. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Honestly, 
And this is a movie where like people like fight like jumping I'm out of airplanes. The, they fight, yeah. They like have a sword fight after skydiving without parachutes. And it's still <laughs> and it's still maybe almost fall asleep the entire way through. It was so hard not to surf the internet while watching the last half hour of this movie. The Herculean yeah. strength I displayed, not like Googling uh, like when the, the, the restaurant Chili's was founded or something stupid like that while I was watching what, what, this movie. What, hey, what's new at Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, what's new in the Taco Bell menu? I deserve a medal. Yeah. I deserve... Yeah. <laughs> this... um. We've done a lot for this podcast. Yes. This might, be the, this might be the most. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a breaking point. This almost, almost broke me. I think that movie, I haven't seen it yet, The Society of the Snow, is about uh. just watching Infinite together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. It's harrowing. It's, yeah, it's a harrowing experience. <laughs> Survival tale. <laughs> Infinite. Um available to rent it's no longer on paramount plus you just got to rent it so i spent Ugh. four i spent four dollars yeah. on this rental i think i, yeah, wa- I imagine you did something similar i watched it on apple tv like a like a dog yeah $4. i watched it on amazon for four bucks Ugh. um i have no idea this this will pro this movie will probably never maybe it's on blu-ray i don't know i don't i cannot wholeheartedly recommend anyone pop purchasing this yeah. and it. unless you're a Fuqua completist who needs to have all the discs on your shelf, but you're never going to get the guilty. So why start? That's true. Yeah, that's a movie that will never be released in the in on it's, in physical media. It, it's a, it's a specter. Both of these films. Yeah. <laughs> Cinematic ghosts. Um, Patrick, many lives, unlimited mm-hmm. potential. Okay. Evan McCauley has skills he never learned and okay. memories of places he has never visited. Self-medicated and on the brink of a mental breakdown, a secret group that call themselves Infinites come to his rescue, revealing that his uh, memories are real. My, my head. Okay. So we're going to try our best here, folks. We're going to tr- gonna try our best to um, sift through what we have found in this <laughs> relic of the lost world of the 2020-2021 in cinema. <laughs> it begins smash cut exterior Mexico City uh, and 1985. We go, we go 1985 and we go into an action sequence. I don't know what's going on. Do you know what's yeah. going on? I got no, no, no idea. I'm confused as hell. I paused it about 35 minutes in and I remained Semi to completely confused mm. at what was going on in this movie that's 104 minutes long. <laughs> like, so also it's open like there's so we get this big action sequence. Then we get Mark Wahlberg do it with um all sorts of young actors who I don't know any of don't know any of them. Um, it's Rupert Friend was the bad guy. He was in the Wes Anderson shorts that just dropped. On Netflix, oh, yeah, he's like in Homeland too, I think, or was. Um, but this is all leading up to. Okay, <laughs> they're already lost. I'm maybe. gonna, I'm gonna cut to the chase to help out everyone and do some of the Wikipedia plot entry here, so Patrick and I don't fall down a rabbit hole of just word 
vomit confusion yeah. trying to explain what <laughs> explain <laughs> infinite um in 1985 mexico city heinrich treadway tries to escape the authorities and a man named bathurst he and his associates abel and leona speak about the egg which Sorry. treadway stole from bathurst i need that Our, egg are you keeping up, everyone? Treadway tells Abel that if he does not survive, the latter must remember to look inside. He drives off a bridge, jumping from his car in midair onto a crane 150 feet away. Treadway watches helplessly as Bathurst arrives and kills Abel and Leona. Cut to 2020. The greatest mm. city in the world, New York City. Ooh. And Mark Wahlberg doing a voiceover over footage of New York, explaining... The infinite battle between. All right, never. The believers. So and he the explains nihilists. it, but then it's explained again. Because you, the first time you hear Mark Wahlberg say it in like the most bored voiceover you've ever heard in your life, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, that was, I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, yeah. Shut is, up. Is that, is, that, is that really what this movie's about? Uh, like, Believers and nihilists. Those are the what? two. Those are the factions. Those are the teams. So Evan McCauley, played by Mark Wahlberg, uh, who I believe we last saw in Pain and Gain, was our last mm. Mark Wahlberg ever. Great in that. Great, great, great in that. Great, great in that. Great in that. that. Yeah. A lot of fun. He suffers from schizophrenia. Because of past institutionalization of violent behavior, he can't get a job. Somehow, though, he forges a katana for a local gangster, (laughs) even though he's never trained as a bladesmith. (laughs) Two things. Okay, number one. Like, how, what, here's the, you don't have a job? Make katanas. If you can make katanas, sell those online. Go to fucking renaissance fairs. No, he's just kind of walking around in the situations and doing sub Ryan Reynolds, like, commentary. Oh, on what he yeah. sees like getting what? trying to get like a hosting gig at like a really fancy restaurant and then like <sighs> that was insane that whole interview this is wild the weird, this is the weirdest single weirdest movie we've watched and i don't yeah. say that in terms of being critical or level of quality it's the single weird and i guess there is a world in which like i think there are a ton of people who like these incredibly high concept kind of world building mythos kind of movies i mean we're just about to see in a couple weeks here the biggest version of it probably ever in dune 2 come out but i can just safely say after watching infinite infinite that unless you have like emotional character work Mm -hmm. put into that i am never ever ever going to give a shit about that yeah. kind of storytelling. And that's just my taste, but it's just like, that is not going to get my ass in seats. Like, at all. And it never has, and now Infinite has finally just, like, sealed the deal, I think, for me. It's like, I don't care. Like, I was just telling Patrick before we got on, I lost interest in the John Wick movies the more the world grew. Yeah, like, the I like more... The like... First, I like the first one where he's trying to get revenge. I get a, that. As a human being, I understand that. <laughs> like, yeah, you 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 see all that stuff with like the crazy like uh, phone operators that have all the insane like tattoos on them, and you're like, not for I, I don't need this aspect of this film. Don't I don't need a bunch care. 
don't care. I'm, I don't need a bunch of people with names like the sommelier and the the carpet cleaner. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just give me an emotional Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but this has a unemotional Mark Wahlberg. So. Oh God! In this, yeah. this, the most, the soyest of Mark Wahlberg, it, and also this... is like the least, the most disinterested we've ever seen him on any oh, of yeah. the times we've covered any Mark Wahlberg. And we've given, we've said we like him. We're not, yeah. um We give, we have some fun sometimes with him, but um, he's, he's Diggler. He's great. But I mean, he just is. This screams like, I don't care. I don't give me the money. Like, Please, I, I want to be as done with this as soon as I know. Possible. I know it's like, and we're all just like, where, like you, you and Antoine Fuqua could put all this dough into making Shooter Two, yes. and we would have been way more satisfied. More swagger! Oh my yes. god! Come on, that's an easy yes. answer. All this money could have gone to Shooter Two. Uh, anyway, the the deal with the katana goes south. Evan makes an escape, and he's like, "Wow, I'm actually good at like running and jumping off of things." I wonder how. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, really quickly, the drug dealer, he was played by Jack Roth, who was Tim Roth's son. Oh, yeah. Good fun. Look, fun fact. Yeah, look that up on the IMDb. Cool. Yeah. Um, the man at the police station, he gets arrested though. After all this, and he gets in, in at the police station, he begins to be interrogated by a man named. Bathurst. Oh yeah, played in a um, truly mustache twirly um, performance by Chiwetel Ejiofor, who normally is an actor who holds back a bit. Yeah, he's usually kind of understated. Works in an understated. Not so much in Infinite. Not so much. <laughs> Full Emperor Palpatine. It's kind of great. Like he read the script, and he. I think he's actively saying, "I'm going to save this thing." I, I'm going to be the one to make this thing work. I'm taking, I'm taking the weight on my shoulders, and I'm going to be a great baddie. I'm going to be the like, best baddie. I am like Atlas holding this movie on my shoulders. Yeah, and so he's like, Mark Wahlberg's doing his classic, what? Huh? Kind of acting style. Yeah, wonder. What, <laughs> what are you talking? Hell? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and just before things get real shaky, a car bursts through the room. Driven oh, by yeah. Nora Brightman, who's played by someone named Sophie Cookson, a lovely woman. I, I don't, you know, she's. She, I think she's my, in like Kingsman, not, and she's which is that. another movie. This is ripping off. Yeah, for real. Yeah. another. Yep, another one where it's just like let's create this uh, elaborate world yeah, another, that's sort of half baked. Another movie I did not really like. I fucking hate that movie too. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Anyway. It's too, it's, <laughs> Too much sheen, like too, like too, uh, too smooth, too, like clean. Get out of no. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, not not a Kingsman episode. Maybe <laughs> never a Kingsman episode. Fingers yeah, crossed. I, fingers crossed. <laughs> like, Unless we do a, a, a Terry and, Edgerton episode. Oh, uh, and it should be noted that Bathurst claims that he and Macaulay have known each other for centuries. What? <laughs> what in the freaking hell? We get into another car chase that like seems expensive, but feels straight out of the. Uh, the beginning car chase in six underground. Yeah. It, and it's just kind of like, it's a car. It's like a car. It, it's like, well, no, you know, it's ripping off the, the more recent fast and the furious films in, time. in terms of style and that kind of thing. This man. Yeah. This those, movie is just a bunch of stupider versions of other movies. I know other movies that actually like were mildly successful, but maybe weren't that good either. 
for the yeah. other, other than like the Matrix. It's pretty much yeah, like yeah, cause it's like yeah, it's like you're 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 copying uh, the Matrix, you're copying John Wick, you're copying Fast and Furious, you're copying Kingsman. Even the fight little... in the the fight in the airplane hole at the end is like Inception. Oh, for sure. It's very uh, Inception or like, yeah, or like something like a Mission Impossible type thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just the, the it's just a collection of other things. For, it's like a just. um, Yeah, it's just a copy of a copy of a copy. Anyway, in the car chase, Nora explains to Evan, a group of 500 individuals known as the Infinites can remember all their past lives and they have divided into two groups the believers which include nora who want to make the world a better place and the nihilists <laughs> who include bathurst who simply want to end the world now this is the one idea that's interesting in here if you could live forever and you just got so sick of it existentially that you would want to end the world because you're so upset that you can't die that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. That's I like actually that too. an interesting idea. There's that's the thing that's frustrating about this movie is that there's like stuff in here that there's kernels of good ideas that could have potentially worked. Cause I like that. I like how like Bathurst his like in addition to like wanting to die, him being like, I can remember I, I gain sentience immediately when I become a baby in the womb. Like his whole like insane. <laughs> There's like yeah, like there's some wild stuff in here, but it's like yeah. Again, it's a hundred and four minutes, and it's like Mark Wahlberg sleepwalking through it as their hero, and with a bu- just a mishmash of bad seat. C- oh, the CGI is terrible. Oh, CGI is terrible, and then the all like ninety percent of the dialogue in this movie is expository. Like yes. there's like no oh, it's, like because yeah. it's so fucking confusing that they have to keep explaining what like what i just told you gets explained four or five times by four or five different characters and, yeah, and um, then on to- yeah and then on top of that they make it like purposefully convoluted with like like uh guns that put your brain into onto yes, hard drives so here's the deal the nihilists have 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 come up with a way to prevent the infants from being reborn by containing their souls on computer chips and just like keeping them in the library um and one of these souls is Abel's from the beginning of the movie. Remember him? I didn't. No. Um, but no, don't <laughs> yeah. remember him at all. Abel, who, who, what? Apparently, the beginning of this movie was very important in terms of establishing character, and I was like, so, like, what? Who are these like nondescript actors? I know, but he, um, the nihilists have also developed a weapon capable of destroying all life on the planet mm. Earth. <laughs> oh no, I live there. Tiny, <laughs> it's a little egg. It's a little egg. A little so, egg. Is there a, a ton of dialogue in this movie that includes "Give me the egg"? Where's the egg? Yes. I, yes. I need my egg. I need. Where's the egg? He's got the. He's he's got control of the egg. Like, you know. so stupid. <laughs> so dumb, and it makes yeah. Patrick and I before we got over, like it makes the stupid fucking cube from Transformers look smart. Yeah, no, I, I miss I miss the cube. I bring back this the cube. is another thing I fucking hate because the Avengers movies were like this too. Mm-hmm. This thing, this space mm-hmm. thing, or whatever. That's mm-hmm. bar- it's like it's well, Hitchcock would call it a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like this thing, this tool to get the plot moving don't care yeah and 
the end of the world has become vague in movies in terms of a threat. Mm -hmm. It's like you kind of like it's like how um, after Independence Day for 10 years, they just kept blowing up different monuments all over the world until that got yeah. boring. Like, it's the same thing. It's like a guy comes down from space or the future or something like that. And I will control the universe because of something that happened to me. Per like, I have an orb. This, uh, this, I have a this, jewel. This is, I mean, also, this is, um, I mean, I, this is after that, too. What's his plan other than Thanos's plan? Same yeah. deal. It's, it's a, like some personal slight that he's turned into wanting to destroy the world with. Yeah, it's the same fucking plot re-microwaved re over and over again. The and rice is I, mushy. And to that I say, boring. Boo, <laughs> boo, get boo. out of here. Come up with the this egg. new new shit. The egg sucks. The egg don't sucks. Care. Don't <laughs> care. I'm going to put that egg into the ocean. Don't care about anyone on his team. Uh, also, you may have, I use the word plural for nihilists. The nihilists seem to contain for a blonde lady, and a <laughs> yeah. bunch of goons. There is no other, like, they're not a team. They're, no. I don't, how many nihilists are there? I want to know. I, I want to know if yeah. there are others out there that he are, needs to defeat. Are the goons even nihilists? Like, are they, <laughs> are like, they hired are they... hands? Yeah, who knows? But that gets to another question. So we travel all over the world in kind of James Bondy-like fashion, too. Mm -hmm. And the nihilists and the believers have these amazing billion-dollar headquarters Full yeah. of tech and guns and all sorts of stuff and employees and everything like that. Where are they getting their money from? And where are they getting this tech? Like, yes. yeah, where, where is the? Because like, here's the thing: you can live a thousand lives. It doesn't mean like, like your past lives didn't know how to make futuristic. It makes no sense. Get but out I of mean, here. Like the, this version of Heinrich, he's just born into middle lower class New York. How's he going to afford a jet set and get cool suits? And they come out of like Ferraris, like they're the Fast and the Furious crew and stuff like that. It's confusing. It makes no sense. I know. Again, it's just like a paint. It's just like, oh, um, you know what it is? It's like going to the Sizzler salad bar. Uh -huh. Just a bunch of stuff. It's like, yes. oh, cool. Tacos? Oh, wow. Meatballs? <laughs> like, yeah. All this, like, it's, I'll try it's like, that. It's Golden Corral. Yeah, it's, like, it's ooh, a golden corral. Yeah, pizza it's... and mac and cheese and that uh, sounds great. Fish. And then, then like thirty <laughs> minutes later, you're like, I need to find a bathroom right now. <laughs> I, I've right hurt now, my, I've hurt I will myself. not. I cannot drive home. And I did not drink one bit of alcohol the entire time I was here. But I should not be allowed to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> my body hurts. <laughs> I just kept thinking, like, you know, we just made this little short film. It was only three days mm -hmm. of shooting. Right. Something like infinite. Is like ninety, give or take. Yeah. If I had yeah. to guess, did every day on set to like chat about this and kind of like go through things and like try and like find things. What on earth were they doing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess like, do you think anyone was happy like when they were? Filming I know this? They, that's it. I think no one seems to outside of maybe Chuatel Ejiofor. And mm -hmm. and we haven't gotten to another guy who I think was having a good time. Oh we'll yeah, get, we'll get to we'll get to him in just a moment here. <laughs> we haven't we haven't <laughs> met him. We have not met him yet. But, yeah, he hasn't uh, entered the scene. I, I think he had a good time. <laughs> he, he was having fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah, because I think that there's like this balance that they're trying to find between like a serious movie with big themes mm -hmm. and like a good time. And if you watch like movies like exploitation or like B movies and that kind of thing, those like work best because they accidentally have themes, but pretty much they're about having a good time. Mm. And they should have thought about having a good time maybe with this movie. It's so insane, yeah. but I don't, but Antoine Fuqua and Mark Wahlberg are not the kind of guys you hire to have a good time. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not Deadpool. He's Father. Yeah, Stu. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, In, we've we have we've. I think we've made our made our feelings on our fandom for Ryan Reynolds pretty clear ooh, I, on I this hate, show. Yeah, not a I fan. Don't, not a fan. No bueno. Not a bad person. He's probably great. He's probably great not, to hang out with. Not 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 someone I tend to like. Grab a ticket to go see their movie. Yeah. Um. Regardless, he's got a lot of fans, but he's clearly who this movie was written for clearly 100 the entire thing and you know what like we just prefaced we're not the big we're not his number one fans or anything but he would have fit it he would have done what he does mm. i would have still never seen it but he it, this movie pro like this it would have played as big as like a red notice or one six underground or one of his other things yeah of that nature but Mark Wahlberg is not Mark Wahlberg is a talented guy. He's a good. I like him in a lot of yeah. movies. I think he's funny when he's like a prick, like in the departed. He's really uh, funny. Or, and he's or really other funny. guys or other guys or, um, you know, he, yeah. I mean, he's like, he's definitely capable. Yeah. But, um, when he's kind of like a wise ass, like he's not Bugs up, Bunny. He's not Bugs Bunny. Yeah. He's but, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, he's Yosemite Sam or something like that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, he's like he, he's the other like, side of the coin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and he's not. I don't. I've never found him particularly cool either. Mm. Like, I think um, another guy who probably could have done this, and he never would have, but is Ryan Gosling. Oh, probably yeah. could have done this role because mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling can do kind of the smarmy, funny like deliveries but he's also like he's he seems cool at least i think yeah. he seems cool and well he's cool and he could be but he could also like utilize his cool he can subvert his coolness like he's willing yeah, to he's willing like to play, play with it yeah yeah like nice guys or barbie or whatever well yeah i mean like i mean barbie's like the ultimate example of mm -hmm. like him being able to have a little bit of fun with him like himself he like he has a sense he seems to have a sense of humor about himself which i think is important <laughs> and i think it's important for a character like this yeah, too. <laughs> I don't know if Mark Wahlberg has that necessarily. I, no, 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 I don't think so either. Anyway, um, so um, nobody knows where the 1985 Heinrich Treadway kept that damn egg, so they're on the uh, hunt. Um, and we learned Nora is Leona. Remember her, her reincarnation. Oh yeah, everyone's favorite character, Leona. We all love Leona. So, and they have to try and, so to get the egg, they're like, we, we got to like find a way to dig out the memories, like get an ice cream scoop and dig out the <laughs> memories from Mark Wahlberg's brain. Gotta get, that little, yeah. gotta get that little <laughs> scooper in there. Get a little scooper. <laughs> Ooh, rum raisin. Don't mind yeah. if I do. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. I, I was, I, this is so off topic. We were talking about ice cream. I, um, it's just like we saw the ice cream truck and I was like, 
when I was a kid and I came out to the ice cream truck and it was the first time I ever saw that the Chaco Taco have been invented. Oh, wow. I was like, that is the single greatest invention humankind has ever known. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I must. I was like the most excited I've been in my entire life. But wait, wait, a taco? That's ice cream? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect, like, yeah, because there's no other, like, foods that can mimic ice cream as it's well. It's supposed to show, like, in a movie like Infinite, it's way too complicated for a guy like me. I just need, like, the concept of ice cream tacos being combined. And I'm like, that's funny. That's that's, that's way more, that's, like, mind-blowing. You're a man of modest, uh, you, I, you're, yeah, you're, a sim- I, you're a simple I, man with simple pleasures. I know, like, give me a book about a guy who works at an East Coast liberal arts college, probably in the English department. He's married, but it's not going great. And, mm. you know, he thinks about cheating on his wife. Doesn't, yeah. but thinks about it. <laughs> like, and you, a Choco Taco in my other hand. You just want a copy of uh, J.M. Coetzee's Disgrace and a Churro. I know. <laughs> Put on some music by the band The National in the background, <laughs> and I'm just fine. <laughs> like... <laughs> it was so fun. This set of the movie, we were playing music as we were getting set up, and I'm so was so happy I didn't get put in charge of putting on the music because mm-hmm. it was like all this like cool hip stuff I'd never heard before, and I was like, oh, I would have put on REM's greatest hits and just called it a day. <laughs> Like the uh, least hip shit possible. Oh man, yeah. I... But anyway, mm-hmm. we head over to like we can't get his we can't get his damn memories. He's got trauma from his earlier life. Damn it, we gotta find out where that freaking egg is. We gotta go <laughs> to this weird island fortress that is actually quite easy to find. Yeah, super easy. Bath- Bathurst finds it pretty damn fast. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's like surveillance cameras in there. Dude, I don't. Did you pick up on how he answered? I missed. No, I think he didn't. Miss... I think it's just. It's... He just like, had was access. The... He was at like the Casino Royale Casino watching on an iPad. It's very like. So did he just like. Was there like a mole? Maybe there was like a. But like that's not. In... But it's, it's so... never in there. It's, no, they, and that's a good idea, Patrick. One of the team is an actual nihilist. Yeah, easy. That would have been a, We've yeah, seen it before. That. We've seen it in other movies. It's easy. Like immediately makes one of those boring ass believer characters more interesting. I know. And then they, because they can die and get reincarnated, I don't give a shit about any of them. Yeah, that's another thing. There's no stakes. They're all going to come like, back. Oh, they're all going to come back. Just be some like kid in India when they I was once a giant Icelandic. Imagine how disappointing it would be if you were that Icelandic, that giant Icelandic guy, and you come back as like me or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm a podcaster. Ah! <laughs> Nerd ass podcaster. Uh... <laughs> you see <you're> infinite. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, like Mark Wahlberg going through his memories, and one of them's just like, "Oh, I know how to uh, use GarageBand." Okay, that life wasn't well spent. Oh my, oh my god, I would bully myself. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bully myself. I have to I go back in time and bully myself. Bully. This movie is so. Oh, it drove us mad, man. One hundred and four yeah. minutes of just chaos and terror. 
just yeah just so just they silly. go to this fortress which is very like they got all the top end highest end technology and stuff like yeah. that which but it's make, also yeah. um so it's like half like infinite infinite headquarters mm-hmm. so we meet people like um kovic played by johannes hakur johansson mm-hmm. the aforementioned giant tattooed icelandic guy so he's like the he's the guy you get when you can't get the dude who played like the mountain in game of thrones <laughs> yeah i think yeah yeah he but he he was on game of thrones no but he was uh he was like lem lemon cloak or oh. whatever he was like a, a lesser character on that show. uh you're you, we got to go to our game of thrones corner with patrick <laughs> yeah hey um you don't remember lem lemon cloak we met uh liz carr who plays garrick who seems yeah. to be kind of the leader of the organization yeah. and i would love to know so much more about her we didn't learn anything about her yeah, like she's all. she's cool, and I don't even like. like it, 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 yeah. Her performance is interesting. She seems cool. Yeah, we don't nothing doesn't nothing. matter. Nothing, nothing. Bur- nothing burger of the highest order. Uh, Kay Alexander, who oh. plays Trace, who seems to uh, who's also did some time on Game of Thrones. It looks like. Oh um, my gosh! Who seems to do some have some martial arts or some like violent skills, but is um. Yeah, dispatched she, almost she does, immediately. She does look like one of the Matrix, like when the in the first movie where there's like or that the group fourth. that get, or, or the, the fourth, fourth true. Matrix crew. Yeah, yeah, but, um, where like yeah. You know, they get and they get like bodied very quickly before you can even like figure out their deal. Like it I looks know. like she has a she has, yeah. It, even her name Trace. That's a Matrix name. That's a fucking yeah. Matrix name. It's a Matrix name, baby. Trace, uh, get out of here. And I should and I was like, I thought it was a dream when Toby Jones showed up. I was like, Holy. I was like in, in real life, like, what is happening in this movie? <laughs> I love Who that. is he? Who is he? I don't know. He's it's one scene. He's a great actor. You love him. I love T TJ. Did not, I love Toby. Did not register in this fucking slightest. Like, it was crazy that he got hit by arrows so in the hands. He got like <laughs> from like what? a building away. Insane. And it, and it was like um they made fun of Chuatel Ejiofor for being old school for using a crossbow. But his crossbow was kind of steampunk, too. Uh, oh, yeah, there's kind of steampunk in this movie. That's what I'm going to call it, kind of steampunk in this yeah, movie, too. Mid-punk. Mid almost a little Zack snyder mm, Almost, mm. yeah. Well, it's almost as if everyone was, like, everyone in the art department, like, the director would go, like, I, I don't give a, just make it kind of look cool, whatever. I don't, we're all getting paid. Do whatever you want. Who cares? No, it is nuts so let's get to the main event here we get to the island or maybe it's an island it seemed like an island was it an island it felt like an island maybe it was fortress. an island i think it's like either an island or it's on a mountain i don't or know deep in, deep in the woods yeah maybe it's like in the earth or something it's like underground Zion. lair i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> overground lairs in space who fucking cares yeah the <laughs> illuminati i don't know i it's don't a suburb know. it's a suburb of austin it's like near the joe rogan podcast yes, recording yes, studio. Yes, it's, it's in the room over from joe rogan's weird room <laughs> i don't God's, know yeah who knows do you th- do you think joe rogan has done an episode where he talks about if infinite nihilists are real or not <laughs> he's interviewed you and tell you so what do you think bro i mean it makes you think right <laughs> wow that's crazy that is crazy have you ever thought about that i mean i just did and it was like whoa can you believe it I don't know. Ble- I, I guess mean, I'd be a believer, but maybe I'd be a nihilist, bro. I mean, if you think about it, 
<laughs> two guys who've never listened to Joe Rogan. That was just assumption of what Joe Rogan is like. like just feel like yeah. When I think of Joe Rogan, I just think like, wow, wow, bro. And then like that's crazy. I feel like, like that's you know that scene in Dazed and Confused where Slater's like, you ever look at a dollar beer dollar bill? There's some weird shit going on there, man. That seems to be the entire premise of his podcast. Yeah, like it's from that one sentence. I think is what his podcast is entirely about. <laughs> it is literally just like, "Hey, man, I read some like, weird things on Snopes the other day." Yeah, it's like do- uh, dorm room stoner conversation taken to multi-million-dollar, possibly world-changing levels. Like, and it goes to show you, if you were like that guy in school that had like you know the the Bob Marley poster, yeah, on your door, and uh, you know. Uh, you miss classes. You miss classes experimenting with playing your records backwards to see if there was any hidden messages in them. Mm. And you knew, and you knew that that like pyramid on the on the dollar bill it alluded to something. Yeah, peculiar. Yeah, if you were national, if you're Mister National <laughs> Treasure, that's the guy who should be on Joe Rogan's show. Is the National Treasure man? Oh, Benjamin Gates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Benjamin, like, Gates. yeah <laughs> Benjamin Gates and that, his weird friend who's named Riley Poole. Riley, Riley, Riley Poole. Everyone's favorite character, Riley Poole. Oh, Riley Poole, infinitely more interesting than any of the infinite guests. Yeah, I, yeah. National Treasure is just as stupid, but ten times better. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. Number one, it, it knows it's kind of stupid, and it has and fun. It has, They're all having it has fun. fun because it has Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Who gets it? Who totally. Nicolas Cage could have played this guy, and uh, it would have been amazing. Like, it would have. Uh, the quality of this film would have skyrocketed. I know. Just lighten up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. yeah, Nicolas Cage playing a 35 year old. I know. <laughs> I was born in 85. I love. I, yeah. 1985. I'm a millennial. <laughs> My name is Nicholas Cage, and I'm a millennial. That's what we gotta get on a shirt. Just that I, I work at BuzzFeed. Buzzfeed. I I just don't know if my blogging is gonna pay the bills. <laughs> All I do is make listicles. What? Buy a CD? I just downloaded it from Napster. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, we're going to get there, folks. We're going to get there. So they get to the island lair, whatever the fuck it is. And it is interesting. So it's half very classical, like, secret society. Yeah. Battle station. There's, like, the training room. There's Mm. the computer room. There's the science room. Like, you know, you've seen it. You know there's a tech. There's a tech guy. There's a warrior guy. There's Yeah, there's the guy, like, um... Yeah, you know it, but they're all like so ill-defined as we're getting at. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Yeah, but the most important guy there. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting to get to him. So, in a couple other rooms here, there is a bacchanal going on for oh, some God. reason or another. Yeah. <laughs> some sort of uh, believer Coke, orgy. Cokefield orgies going down among the believers, led by, and he's been only referred to as the artisan. <laughs> Get out of here. Played, of course, Get out of here. By podcast hero, Jason Manzoukas. <laughs> Zooks. Mr. Zooks. Um, oh, man. Yeah, we don't have, we've brought him up just because we like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, the other times he, around. I think he's this is the first time we actually have ever seen him in anything on the show. Uh, 
Yeah, it's true because we didn't watch. Yeah, he went. I'm trying to think of like what movies because oh, he's in TikTok, one of the John. Man. He's in one of the John Wicks. Yeah, um, it's oh god, he's so over. Uh, he's in it for like two minutes. It is like I the know. biggest. I bummed me out. It was like this guy should be in this movie longer. But he, we, you know, mostly comedies. We haven't done a ton of. We should. We we'll we'll do a kind of. We we've been wanting to do kind of a run through the Apto era mm-hmm. onward comedies at some point, um, which would be fun. Yeah. Kind of look back on and cover certainly, but um, we haven't covered him yet. We're obviously we've talked about our improv experiences and so forth. We he's a yeah, hero f- to that world, fan. and and, uh, <laughs> and uh, here's the thing, Manzukis he understands what type of movie he's in, and it's just very silly and like he's goofy. He's having a good. He's clearly having a more fun time at the film shoot than Mark Wahlberg. It seems like that's I know, the- and it's kind of like let's just. This should have been what it is. This yes. idea is just silly, and yeah. that is just kind of the way it is. So yeah, like Mark Wahlberg makes samurai swords. It's silly. I know. It's the entire thing is silly. So Manzukis has the technology to perhaps get. The um, the memories. But none of this makes sense, and it's right. like yeah. So they throw they throw him in a they throw him in a like a washing machine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right? the altered states. Like it's it's Joe Rogan's yeah. uh... Joe Rogan's altered states <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah, gonna get his state altered. Yeah, so he put him in there. He 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 nearly drowns, but dude, he figures it out. And dude, what we find out is that fucking the old Treadway sewed the egg into himself. It's in the body. It's like it's like Zoolander. It's in the computer. Like, yeah. is what it felt like, but real, but, but, but real. treated seriously. Treated seriously. Also, <laughs> like in the beginning of the movie, you're treated to you. You hear the phrase "look inside," like, and it's treated like this weird cryptic phrase, and. To have it just be literally like, oh, Look inside my gut, I yeah, sewed I put, it into myself. I put the I put the egg in my body while I was driving. Yeah, crazy. Luckily, luckily his body's on hand. Luckily, they had his body on hand. They found it. Yeah, they they, they, put... they, they keep all the bodies like in like little on a little well, ice. It like it was like Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's rooms of himself in the Prestige. It's kind of what it felt. like. God, yeah, I was thinking Demolition Man, the cryo oh, jail. Yeah. A little bit of that, yeah, boy. Yeah, see, even Demolition Man, Demolition Man knew how stupid it was. Yeah, that would be very stupid, very fun as a result. Very, yeah. So they get the memories, but somehow Balth, he wanted us to call him Balthazar, Balthurst, has got surveillance. He gets his guys in there. They're like, yeah, the egg's in the body. Let's go get it. Okay, cool. Um, they take down the place with relative ease. Mm-hmm. Wahlberg is hit. He gets shot. Nothing much comes of it. But the artisan kind of helps him get better, but he's better. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. soon enough. Uh, but only Macaulay Treadway, slash Treadway and Nora and the artisan escape mm-hmm. the chaos. Everyone else dies. Nice to know you. Yeah, it was it was cool. Uh, Icelandic guy, you were cool. Yeah. I, I like how they it's treat his. I read this review though. They were like, "Yeah, in that fight scene between him and Chiwetel Ejiofor, they don't even bother to cover up the stunt doubles half the time." Oh my god, <laughs> this movie is like, for as expensive as it is, 
so half-assed. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of incredible. It is like it's like how much did this movie cost again? I gotta look. I don't. This up. I couldn't find it, but it's got. I mean, it wasn't cheap. No, it had to like. Well, think how much like Wahlberg alone got paid, right? Yeah, exactly. Nobody. No. Oh, if you took a pay cut to be in this, you're an idiot. Oh yeah, no, you're getting the full. You're getting the full hot dog for this movie. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, can't find the, can't find who got paid. Uh, the, well, yeah, who knows? Who knows? So they somehow are able to cruise their way over relatively fast to Scotland mm-hmm. to Bath Bath Bathurst's um, massive mansion lair, mm-hmm. and um. They storm, storm the place. Guess what? Mark Wahlberg's got all his memories back. He's got guns. He's got a katana. He can drive a motor. He's got all the skills. He's the best. He's the best guy. <laughs> and they go in to try and get the egg. Where's the egg? And they make, egg. Their, they make their way through. They get rid of all the goons. Oh, no. Nora's been hit. Oh, shit. Uh, no. But she's got to get, uh, she's got to break the souls free from the, um, the- Computer jail or, or whatever. Computer cocoon or whatever the fuck they're in. <laughs> and then we get some great Jason Manzukas uh, with an assault helicopter taking out dudes with the machine gun. That was fun. That was probably a good time for him. Yeah. I think there's like one line he says at one point where he's like, this is all shocking. So then they see that the plane is about to leave with the egg with Bathurst. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg gets on a motorcycle. He drives through the woods. It's It's actually, this is like, this is the best stuff. In the movie, mm-hmm. because it's like goes full tilt from this can... point onward, and they finally have a good time. Like, oh, it's a sci-fi movie. We can do whatever we feel like. That'd yeah, be fun. Let's, let's go crazy. He can do whatever. He drives his motorcycle off a fucking cliff and lands it on the wing of a plane that's like in the air. <laughs> I guess he had like a. I guess he had a. Uh... Past Jam- life who did that? Jam- yeah. Jams his sword down and he's riding the plane holding onto the sword. It's like taking off. And they're like, and oh, his motorcycle goes into the engine of the plane. Wow. And Bathurst is like, no, we're still going. We're still going. It's like, you're not going to get over the Atlantic Ocean, Bathurst. This plane's towed. This plane's cooked, yeah. baby. That, that, but, that egg's a damn omelet now. But he doesn't care because he's going to unleash the egg. Oh, God. Whatever. Unleash the damn egg. Unleash the damn egg. Um, but so they think they're gonna knock Mark Wahlberg off the thing, but then he gets his like Neo in the Matrix moment. Mm-hmm. He like lets go of the sword, and he could just stand on the plane as it's like in the air, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my god, he is the one!" Right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen it before. Yeah. In a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he's the chosen one. He's yeah. the, the little you know, prince or whatever. Jen did bring up. Uh, must have felt good for Mark Wahlberg to play a Jesus Christ figure. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up his alley. Yep. <laughs> I also told her I, I was so thankful I watched it yesterday without her. Because I was like, I'm glad. I felt like I saved you. Yeah. Sitting this through is, this. I think it's, yeah. I, I'm trying to think what was, like, wor- like would... I made. I think the worst movie I've made my family watch for this podcast was Two Bits. <laughs> two Bits. I made them watch two... Hey, remember me? It's me, Two Bits. Yeah. 
Uh, at least they were trying in two bits. Yeah, there was something interesting. Two bits was, two bits was a mess, but at least they were trying. <laughs> it was a, it was an interesting curio. This there is nothing of interest in this film. This movie's gonna be lost to history. Oh, it already is, yeah. but it's, it's great. Gonna, yeah. So he Mark gets on the plane, and him and Bathurst have a huge fight in the hole of the plane over the egg. The plane is going in circles, so they're bouncing around the damn thing. Bathurst is trying to stick him with a computer chip gun. Mm. No dice, Bathurst. No, no. They... Oh, this this part sucks because he he shoots him, and it looks like he shot him in the the dang head. <laughs> oh yeah, and, but he's got and a then... <laughs> Rome, you made a mistake. You didn't do your homework. We got the middle plate in my head. <laughs> That's why. Guess the what? Got... Unless Guess that what? metal. Unless that metal plate was like a quarter of an inch fucking thick, steel a bullet would go through that. I would have bought him being invincible now. Another Mark Wahlberg movie. He's Mark basically... Wahlberg movie. I'd rather watch the one about him joining the football team. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather watch that. Maybe that was one of his past lives. Yeah. He, could, but, uh... he could use his skills of being, I guess, okay at football. Yeah. Man, he's a real underdog. This guy, Evan McCauley, Henry Tridwell. <laughs> One of his one of his past lives was an underdog. Watch out, Jesus. Anyway, they get in a big fight. Mm-hmm. They fall out of the plane. They're che- the egg goes out the window of the plane. Mark Wahlberg jumps <laughs> after it. Chiwetel Ejiofor jumps after it. They're fighting in the air. So this is this, this is this this is the kind of stupidity I can get behind. Yeah, that that part's cool. I I remember like I I think I looked away for two seconds and I looked back and it was like, what's happening? They're all just fighting in the air now. I, I I'm so, in. I'm I'm back on board. It gets disarmed. It's a big no oh, from Bathurst. My but, egg. Um, my egg. He um. <laughs> my precious egg. He's dead though. They're all dead, but they die. Yeah. I think he chips him. Does he chip him? I don't remember how. He, I, I don't remember how they get rid of Bathurst. I can't remember either. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They, he's, they gone. Chip him, he's gone. They don't the chip him. Yeah. yeah. He, threats threats equalized. Ooh. Yeah, he's ooh. Um they hit the water. Mark mm-hmm. is dead. Yeah. Oh boy, but and then uh what's her name? Nora dies too. Nora Nora yeah. Brightman? <laughs> yeah, what's her name? Doesn't matter. Like <laughs> who cares? What? Who cares? Nora Brightman, who cares? She dies of her wound from earlier, but she frees Abel, her boyfriend, her love of her, her centuries old love of her life. Um, oh, it should be noted they always meet at Angkor Wat. Oh, yeah. In Cambodia to get to know, to remember each other. Guess what? They come back. They're back. They're neat. Mm-hmm. They're kid, the kids again. And then we yep. cut to, um, where are we? In, where are we in Asia? Indo- we're in Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. Indonesia, and there's this like teenage kid who is kicking ass at martial arts and sword fighting and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like, it's some, like weird, like, like something out of the raid. It's like, what's happening here? And we're like, uh oh. Hmm. You know what I would have liked here? Somebody super famous. Because that gives you sequel possibilities. Or even just like get the guy from the raid. Get one of those yeah, dudes. I, I thought it was going to be the guy from the raid. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. And they just yep. yeah no it's just like some nameless some kid, kid. some kid you know, just, he's yeah. great and then we see watching over him is the artisan with a man bun is there <laughs> yes <laughs> he's he has man bunned with age he's man bunned with age he's classy <laughs> he hands him a sword and he's like we'll see each other soon we're gonna get up to mm. some like the end of tenant we're gonna get up to some things <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, they tenant they do a little tenant but... a little bit mm. of a tenant thing mm. yep 
Tenet's better than this too. Uh, oh yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. We don't need to yeah. say yeah. It's, yeah, come on. Yeah. It's rude to Tenet, if anything. Cut to the credits and cut to me saying, "Man, what what a one hundred four hundred six minutes that was." <laughs> yeah, I I think I would have rather rewatched Bringing Down the House. I would have watched The Guilty again. We haven't even talked about the guilt. We're gonna talk about the Guilty oh, yeah. in a sec here. I would watch the Guilty again. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, this so, movie. I mean, but this movie did have me straight tripping, boo, without question. Mm-hmm. That is without true. I, boo through the roof, the boo meter off the scale. So, I mean, we covered it last time around, man. I mean, is Denzel Washington busy? Couldn't they have just done the Equalizer three right now <laughs> instead of this? Like... Imagine having four equalizers. We could have done the equalizer what down kind under. What world we would have had if there would have been another, a fourth yeah. equalizer movie that yeah. we could have e- had in our lives? We could have gone to France. Could have gone to London. Could have. Oh, gone I like to it. Like... I like Australia. Outback equalizer. That'd be so fun. Get Paul yeah. Hogan in there somehow. Yo, yeah. Or the the scary guy from um, What's that one. The... I'm forgetting it. <laughs> His name's John Jarrett. Uh, Wolf Creek. You're oh, so yeah. Wolf Creek. That guy was Equalize... scary. Against... Equalize that guy. Like, yeah, you know. Equalizer versus Wolf Creek. That's yeah. incredible. The opportunity. Equalizer versus the Babadook. So <laughs> this, this movie Babadook. is actually based on a book. Did you know that, Patrick? Oh, God. The book is called and this The Reincarnationist Papers. Oh, brother. By D. Eric Mankratz. Uh, screen story by Todd Stein. Screenplay by Ian Shore. This was produced by Lorenzo Di Benevatura, who is one of the masterminds behind the Transformers series. Yeah. Um, a lot of the usual suspects here. Cinematography, Moral Fear. Edited by Conrad Buff. Music by Henry Harry Gregson Williams. Well, we've told you about it. You probably don't need to watch it. But if you felt like it, <laughs> you could. Uh, this Oh, this screenplay was voted onto the blacklist in 2017. Mm-hmm. And this is a very blacklisty type script. If you're a screenwriter out there and have tried to get into these sort of things, the blacklist loves a big, crazy concept. And it's more about that than it is actual execution into a real movie. In a lot of ways, <laughs> it's more about like, wow, what a crazy idea for a script. You're creative. Let's give you a list. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I feel like, yeah, when I think of the blacklist, I remember like, yeah, like one year, one of the movies that like won there was like a like a on the final list of the blacklist was that movie that was a it was about Michael Jackson from the perspective of like the, the champ. His, yeah, the champ. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, big, high concept, <laughs> like crazy ideas that like when you read it, you're like, oh, that's crazy. That's kind of fun. But actually having to sit through 110 minutes of that, you're like, mm. because like movies are different. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds, reminds me of like an improv show I watched once where the improv team, and this is a great improv team. I'm not going to say the name of it, but they like did like this really great set. And then the last 10 minutes of the set was them recreating that entire set. Uh, oh, from the beginning, they recreated that entire set, but they did it as like a D and D game, and so they re-went through the entire set like as a D and D game, as like a bit. And, and it's yeah, like that's it's funny on in paper, concept. Concept yeah. is funny, but yes, it's like. But watching it, you're actually like, having to sit through it. Like the I joke loses, the joke begins to lose steam. 
Exactly. Like it's like, yeah. yeah, so many of these things are just so much better in your head or as like a uh, an anecdote at a cocktail party. Than exactly. Yeah. In, it's uh, like execution. Like, you know, if you're writing like a sketch, there could be like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. You, I guess there's like, um, it's also like one of the questions when you write a screenplay. It's like, you're like, oh, that's a great idea. Is it a movie, though? Is it like, can you stretch it out to like make sense? For ninety to one hundred and twenty minutes, mm. and like keep keep the action and like things going, and and I guess with this one we kind of almost like threw it off as like a side thing, but it's like there's no drama if no one can die. Yeah, and you're kind of like, oh, there's just be more of them. Like this yeah. just goes on in an infinite loop rather than having an end to it. And I guess the egg is supposed to be like, oh, it can end. It's like, well, then don't call it the egg. Yeah, give it like a real thing. Like a scary give name. Like... Give it a scary. I don't know what even that is, but make it scary. The Cypher Protocol. Well, it's like, um, I think the greatest movie about the kind of like perspective end of the world that we've covered is Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Or it's the Terminator films in general. And that made it like legitimately scary. Like, oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. I hope that well, they. I really hope they save the day. <laughs> like that sucks. Here's the thing: nuclear holocaust. That would be is, the same thing well, as the egg. Yeah, I know, but it's like you watch Oppenheimer, and you're like, "Oh, that's scary." Oh, it I sucks. get it. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Like, <laughs> this, 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 this isn't fun. I'm unhappy. Yeah, and I really hope, like, if they had that in this, you're like, I really hope Mark Wahlberg figures out a plan to save the day. But it's just so fucking half-assed. Yeah, so this movie was pitched as, did you get this? The Matrix meets Wanted, which is another movie I've not come up talked about yet. But Wanted is actually, oh man, just like this. Yeah, Wanted is just like this. I remember seeing Wanted in theaters. That was yeah. a movie that was um, okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay, very a strong okay, a very a C minus film. A lot rode on the fact that their three leads were kind of at the peak of their powers and were able to their charisma kind of like yeah help kept them the, kept the ship kept the ship rolling through another like that one was about like freaking like knitters who were who knew the future so like remember they had the loom oh god were... and like gun 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 curving gun, bullets gun curving you uh, slow down everybody uh, slow down get out you know? of here just just be like normal just the, the guns move, can be normal just like why don't why doesn't everybody just try and copy the holdovers would make us so life would be so much better if everyone just copied that like, i would love a holdovers initiative a secret i know society of secret. nebbish uh <laughs> professorly professors <laughs> yeah you're but, not alone paul giamatti I know. Paul Giamatti would have been really good as Bathurst. My God, would he would have been so really much fun. Good. Yeah. Would have been amazing as as Heinrich. I would have loved Yeah, I know. I'm, 30, I'm yeah. 35 years old. Yeah, I'm 35 years old. <laughs> I'm a millennial. My goddamn prostate's acting up. I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they. Fuqua uh, got involved around 2018. Oh, wow. And this is a hot script. February 2019, they had announced that uh, Chris Evans 
had entered negotiations to star in the film. That tracks. You can see it. You yep. can see it. That tracks. Um, John Lee Hancock, writer of The Fountain, or the, the mm. fountain, not The Fountain, The Founder. You're one of your favorite, one of your favorite oh, time. I love that. I love that. Just, hey, just, McDonald's had that happen. May, may have done some uncredited rewrites, but then uh, Evans got busy, so he dropped off. So Mark Wahlberg was brought in. Oh boy. Um. Yeah, and so the it was originally supposed to be released August seventh of twenty twenty, so it was done quite a bit before it came out, but wow. it got delayed. Due to the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, to May twenty eighth of twenty twenty one, but then delayed again to September of twenty twenty one when Quiet Place two, also a Paramount production, got moved into that hotter May slot. I think they saw the writing on the wall and they knew Quiet Place two was a much easier sell than this movie. <laughs> yeah. And then in May of twenty twenty one, Paramount canceled Infinite's theatrical released entirely and released it digitally on paramount plus june 10th of 2021 there was a blu-ray actually you can buy this on blu-ray does that have special features i don't know we should yeah more dig dig deeper into the world of infinite yeah i want to hear that commentary (laughs) um and i think regardless of pandemic um and that's tough. You can't, there's nothing that can be done. That sucks for everybody. Yeah. Obviously. Jeez. Talk about yeah. m- being like <laughs> minimizing things as much. It's, yeah, awful, terrible. Yeah. Um, and we're just talking about the movie business here, not the world. But um, mm-hmm. I think that they knew they had a lemon on their hands, too. Yeah. And I think that we kind of alluded to this, that if this had come out like in like a June or an August, like a summer release, this movie would have been absolutely hammered by critics and probably bombed huge at the box office. You dump it on your new streaming service when everyone's at home, though. Mm-hmm. It's going to get way more eyes on it. And the critical smashing will be a little less... Um, noticeable yeah in that regard and it can kind of disappear into the ether and that'll be that like so many movies in 2021 did it just um, becomes part of the streaming broth exactly infinite has a 17 percent on rotten tomatoes Ooh. yeah oh, cool. <laughs> poor buddy, poor buddy. I, can't say, I can't say i was shocked yeah for sure, um, for sure. when uh when this when this was noted, uh, critical consensus reads: an initially intriguing sci-fi thriller quickly veers into incoherence. Infinite is as inane as it is inconsequential. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but not far off in that assessment. <laughs> like, yeah. um, Tiber of the Boston Globe gave it one point five out of four stars. Heading straight mm. to streaming platform Paramount Plus without the embarrassment of in th- of appearing in theaters first. The movie is both blissfully incoherent and weirdly generic, as if it had been ins- assembled from the spare parts of other movies and glued together with stunt work. 
that sums up a lot of what Patrick and I have said the last 45 yeah. minutes. I think it is <laughs> a uh, Frankenstein's mar- monster mm-hmm. of, of concepts and bits done better in other films. David Rooney of the Hollywood Reporter said, Infinite is a soulless grind. Juiced up with a succession of CG-enhanced accelerated chases and fight action interspersed with numbing bursts of high-concept geek speak, Antoine Fuqua's sci-fi thriller isn't helped by a lead performance from Mark Wahlberg at his most inexpressive. Yeah. Um, Justin Chang, great critic of the Los Angeles Times, now the New Yorker. Moving over to the New Yorker, getting the same... uh, under the same shingle as our friend Richard Brody. Maybe they'll be button heads. What did, what did Richard Brody think of this? If he saw it. <laughs> Frost loved Nixon. It. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best movie of the year. Really uh, taps into sci-fi that even that even 2001 A Space Odyssey couldn't get to. <laughs> Makes Solaris looks like dog shit. I know. He said that Barbie was better than 2001. Ooh. Richard, Brody. Barbie's Brody. Barbie. I, I, we are not haters. Not haters. This, I like Barbie. And this, this, yeah, we both liked it. Barbie, we thought yeah. it was good. I want to. I want to hear <laughs> him extrapolate on this. I do want to hear because, like, maybe I want to hear his point. I want to hear. His I, th- point. I think he's right about it, but I'm like, come on, dude. Anyway, yeah. Uh, he just, Justin he just Chang says. wrote. The script doesn't reincarnate so much as it recycles, drawing freely from nested realities of Inception, free your mind metaphysics of the Matrix, and the amnesiac assassin revelations of the Jason Bourne movies. So it's another one. And he closed it yeah. with, maybe watch one of those tonight instead. Yeah. yeah. Matt Damon would have been better than Mark Wahlberg. Matt Damon would have been better, but Matt Damon wouldn't have touched this movie with a 10-foot pole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 100-foot pole. Um, the New York Times listed this as one of the worst films of 2021. It was nominated for three Razzies. Mm. Worst Supporting Actress, Sophie Cookson. Worst Actor, Mark Wahlberg. Worst Picture. Um, we do not support the Razzies. We do not yeah. support Worst Films of the Year lists. It's mean. I think we can close it by saying this film is not particularly successful and any of the movies we compared it to would probably be better worth your time. Yeah, honestly. And it's a, it, and it's a low point for Antoine Fuqua. He is yeah. out of his normal realm. Mm-hmm. I think he works way better in general in modern times. Not so much the future, not so much the past. Equalizer lo- and shooter. I know. I'm on, training day. Come on. Training Main day. Main length. And perhaps are the next film we're going to talk about. Mm. Mm. Yeah, not a. This is not a success. This is something I think that they quickly saw the writing on the wall on, mm-hmm. and has been lost to time and space and I stream and I, the world of streaming. I wouldn't give two bits to watch this movie again. I wouldn't pay two bits for this movie. Oh, although I bet in thirty years there'll be someone like me, yeah. who's like. At like, uh, you know how we go to like the stores that sell VHS now and think it's so rad and like, whoa, cool, like, whoa, you ever heard of this movie? It's got Burt Reynolds. It went straight to video. I bet it's there's great. A, there's a fourth uh, waxwork movie. I know. Yeah, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. Like thirty years from now, there'll be people like us at a Blu-ray store that is the exact same. Uh, yeah, the exact same thing where they had to get a vintage Blu-ray player and vintage Blu-ray discs, and they find anything like. Whoa, I've never even heard of it. I bet this is cool. And they yeah. show it at a movie night just like we do. 
I bet they do. I bet that happens thirty years from now. Oh, hundred percent. I have to use be... my. I'll have to use my infinite machine to find out if my prediction's true, though. Mm, find true. find me the artisan. Yeah, throw those eggs into the infinite machine. So, or wait, don't do that. That'd be bad. As Lose we mentioned, of course, twenty twenty one was a terrible time mm-hmm. for the world. <laughs> like, yeah, let's call it like it is. It was yeah. awful. Um, nadir, nadir of the world. And so, as they were waiting around for the release of Infinite, Antoine Fuqua, who as we've is prolific, he works, he likes, and I and I dig that. I think that's great. You know, this is one of the reasons we like him is that he is an old school working director who just kind of moves to project to project. Some, some get there, some don't. Mm. So, to get it off the ground in 2021, you know, I think that for a lot of creative types especially people who work on films and like the collaboration like the community all that kind of thing there was a lot of like a lot of efforts to try and figure out how to make a movie while also not contracting a terrible respiratory virus and can kind of also bring money home you know frankly work which is all understandable i think i still think the best pandemic movie was rob savage's host which was on shutter which was the uh, seance film shot on zoom Ooh. which is very very good it's only 59 minutes long which is the length of the non-professional zoom you can have wow. it's really really clever and it's like it works within kind of what they had available the technology available and stuff like that in a very creative way highly recommend it i think it's great um there was many other attempts though but you could kind of feel it like you could feel no one's acting across from each other. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had to get creative. How do you do something with no crew? Very few actors and certainly very few actors ever touching each other. Mm-hmm. And this is so that brings us to 2021's The Guilty, um, which firmly falls in as a kind of pandemic movie maybe someday someone will write an essay about the pandemic movies probably Ooh, someone yeah. already has trying to cover yeah, them movies like the... the bubble yes yes yeah which talk about lost to streaming yeah but there's a bunch there's a bunch of things like that and trying to figure out ways to like pull off continuing to work continuing to be creative continuing money continuing to put out content if you're one of these streaming services um <laughs> all within the confines though of the rules of uh you know terrible global pandemic thing which really there should have been some sort of national funding to just get us through rather than having to figure out ways to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so the guilty Start off with it's a remake of a 2018 Danish film with the same name. I always wanted to see this one. I did not have time this week. I was trying to get it in. I've heard it's very, very good. The original mm-hmm. version. Uh, the original version was directed by a man named uh, Gustav Moller, and it's a very um, yeah, it was very, very well received. I remember the year it played um, Beyond Fest. It was well-liked, and um, yeah, just somehow never saw it. Wanted to. Um, But I remember very quickly, it did well. It was well-liked, well-received, like we said, so it was very, very quickly picked up for, as we all know, a Hollywood remake. And it was picked up 
by Jake Gyllenhaal. Another guy we cover, seem to cover every every week on this show. And yeah. I mean, I think we'll just say it now, when I see the sea, I must swim in the sea. Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> hey, that's true. And he picked it up. So the basic premise of the guilty is as follows. A demoted police officer assigned to call to a call dispatch desk is conflicted when he receives an emergency phone call from a kidnapped woman. Basically, sums it up, right? Mm-hmm. That was the letterboxed Simple. letterboxed review. Uh, in a nutshell. Tagline. Listen carefully. Um, <laughs> he picked it up. He's a producer on the film. He developed it. And he brought in Antoine Fuqua to direct it. Now, this movie is a very confined movie. It It's basically Jake Gyllenhaal on a phone in this dispatch room. Mm-hmm. Which means it kind of um, exactly fits the bill for what we're t- what we were kind of getting at with the kind of contained COVID film, pandemic movie, uh, because you don't need a huge cast, don't need a huge crew to pull it off. But what you do need is a creative director who can come up with a lot of ways to make sitting on the phone visually stimulating. We still have to be here. You know, for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I think this is where Antoine Foucault really shines. I think he does an excellent job in making it visually stimulating and kind of keeping the intensity up mm-hmm. throughout the piece. Um, so listen to this on the production. Principal photography began November of 2020, which is like we're in the heart of things in November yeah, of 2020. COVID. Deep COVID. Deep COVID. Um, they only shot for 11 days and three wow. days before production was set to begin. Antoine Fuqua was near someone who tested positive. Oh God. He tested negatively. So the production stayed on schedule, but he directed the entire film from a van called color space alone with screens that had access to the cameras. And he had like a headset and he was like, calling it in after having just done something i find this badass and very like a very exciting way to like like very exciting very like i'm very impressed well it's cool having a little headquarters you can yeah you have like a million different tvs you're looking at yeah and you just call out the angles and i'm sure that they just rigged cameras all over the building Mm -hmm. and kind of like let jake do this one-man show I don't know how they did the voice, the phone calls, if they had any of the real actors there. My guess is no. Yeah. They probably had people just doing voices. But um, regardless, it's a it's a creative act of real perseverance and guts to pull it off, I think. And uh, sure. tip of the cap, just on a technical and a, um, you know, physical level, frankly to yeah, everyone involved in this movie who pulled this thing off. It's very, yeah, it's a lot of, I feel like so much of the, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, it, so much of it is just like him reacting to like people kind of like mm. saying things off stage or, but it's, it's difficult. It's almost like doing like a green screen movie. I imagine. Or yeah, something yeah, like, yeah. It is. Yeah. Or a one man show. Yeah. It's yeah. feeling, yeah, this movie does really feel like it could have been like a play. Yeah. And yeah. it, I'd like to see it. Yeah. I think it's it, it a lot I of think, Yeah. 
Yeah. He's uh, not very he's not very popular right now. <laughs> yeah. He kinda yeah, he kinda did some <laughs> I, I have a thought on that. We, we, let's uh, let's get to that. Um so the screenplay uh ad- adapted again from the original Danish version is by Nick Pizzolato. Mm. Of course, wrote with uh Antoine Foucault on Magnificent Seven. Probably yeah. though best known, as mentioned a couple weeks ago, as the creator, mastermind, apparently guardian angel. Yeah. Of the True Detective series. Cheap agitator. Uh, yeah. God. Uh, short fuse? Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. He got in a little bit of a trouble because he's been really talking shit about um, this new season four of True Detective. Mm-hmm. Um, which he has no, although he's getting the residuals, he's still listed as an EP. Wow. But anyway, he has nothing to do with. I think that they got a little tired of him at HBO. Yeah. And they moved on to a different creative team under the same name. Now, I don't know. I have never personally been in a situation like this when you're, they kind of like take your creative baby and take it off elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I believe, though, that perhaps the best attitude is to have George Lucas's attitude, for instance, yeah. <laughs> something like this, in which it's out of my hands, it's gone, it's in the ether. And what I think was kind of cool about the True Detective series is that I think that they should bring in a different creative team every season. I think that it's an open-ended thing. You, mm. it's a, you create a detective show within kind of the, your personal sensibilities. Mm. That is like a dark and mysterious show with a, like a, yeah, a mystery at the center. And I think you could run that forever. You don't need yeah. him. It's not about him. That it was he did a great job. I'm like I've said, I'm a fan of all three seasons he was a part of. But you don't need him. Yeah. You don't need more from him. He go create something else, man. Like go do something else. Like move on. That's life. But like and I did hear that they kind of connected it to the first season. I heard yeah, like something yeah, I don't I've heard that too. I'm in love with that. But that's their creative decision. Whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah, I haven't had a chance fine. to watch it. I've been very busy. I do want to watch it, though. But I just haven't yeah. had a chance to. I've but, had friends that actually really yeah. liked it, too. It's Me, like, too. So, they like, were, I, don't know. I heard from people this past weekend who were all very excited about it, which is great. Yeah. I want more. I want more. I want different actors. I want different creative people. I want, yeah, the whole Dif- thing. Different stories, yeah. I think that it's infinite well. The detective story has been around forever. It's always good. I always like it. Yeah. Mysteries was, are fun. He, this guy didn't reinvent the fucking wheel. No. The original season. He just did a good job yeah. of telling a traditional story. He, he made a solid wheel. Yeah, he made a good wheel that we see. We we know the wheel, man. Yeah. We know, like, Philip Marlowe, Sam Spade. That shit's been around forever. Raymond Chandler. Yeah. The, the Batman. Hammond, the fucking Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <you> know, <laughs> this ain't new news, man. So, shut up. Don't talk shit. You're you're too good for that too, man. You're a good. You're a talented guy. Yeah. You don't need to do that. There's no need. Relax. You're getting. I, I just dis- I disagree with these this decision making, and I have been a strong <laughs> defender of this guy for yeah, a long cause... time. But I disagree with this. Yeah. Went too far. Went too far, oh, brother. Little... Yeah. Yeah. Bridge too far, man. Man. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Call Arthur Miller. Yeah. 
You know, see Arthur Miller saying that about Tennessee Williams. <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Yep. Yeah, oh man. Imagine there's Twitter with those with those guys when those guys were around. Fucking Truman Capote. <laughs> you see what Ilya Kazan said about Truman Capote? <laughs> like what the fuck? What a degraded society we're in. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're just not as cool anymore. No. You can't no, be cool I mean, with the internet. The internet ruins no, cool. The internet is not cool. Yeah. This was great by nerds, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's for yeah. nerds. For nerds. <laughs> you heard it, it, it first. The internet's for nerds. Wow. Revelation. Revelation. I think we can end the podcast, man. I think we've, uh, we've said our most important thing. So, yes. Jake Gyllenhaal, yep. who developed this, kind of is the, got the ball rolling on this, plays the role of Joe Baylor. Yeah. Todd Guilty. Troubled. LAPD officer Joe Baylor. That's probably oh, no. his first name is Troubled LAPD Officer. Because <laughs> yeah. this guy is a piece of work. He's yeah, got he's a, lot a rough going customer. On. He is <laughs> a rough customer. We meet him, he's answering phone calls and just being an asshole just to people jerk. in emergency situations. He's such a jerk. He is a huge jerk. He's just an asshole. He's an asshole to everyone around him. He's an asshole to strangers. He's an asshole to friends and family. He's no one likes opportunity him. Asshole. And no one likes him back. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, this is a fun character. <laughs> Let's yeah. see what happens he likes, here. He likes no one. No one likes him back. And, uh, baffling that he's like given this job. And I am not going to spoil this one. I don't think we should spoil this movie. Because I think that the twists and turns are actually... Um, They're good. Worth not having any prior knowledge of. Like, yeah. And, the, and it sh- mind you, this movie... Is ninety minutes long. Nice, perfect. Time. Nice, baby. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It moves. You're in, you're out. You don't feel bad about anything. You're like, maybe it ends a little too pat, a little too. Clean. Yeah, it, I hate. I did like. I do wish that like it. Yeah, I wish that like they kind of stuck to some of the darker elements of it. Yeah, because it gets really dark. By its Rimmed. midsection, like grimly oh, dark. Just so, like yeah, he goes through a few phone calls. Oh, it should be noted they they got a wonderful cast of voice actors. Here. Oh, great! Yeah, like move Just over also, lock, move over lock <laughs> to get the hell out of here. Um, you know, standouts include like Sergeant Bill Miller, played by Ethan Hawke. Ooh, uh, one of our faves. He's back in love, the game. Love it. Uh, who is um sympathetic to Joe? They're kind of mm-hmm. they seem to be buds, and he wants yeah. to know what's going on. Do we also <laughs> in a brief one scene thing? Paul Dano as uh, Matthew Fontenot, this lawyer who clearly gets robbed by a sex worker. Yep, but he doesn't want to admit that and Jake Gyllenhaal's like laughing at him he's like yeah this loser and he tells the cop he's like yeah go down there but let him sit around for a bit to think about it before you go down there that is like the thing it's interesting he has like a this guy uh, this Joe has a very uh, you know he kind of plays by his own rules a little bit one thing I think you get from all the creatives in this movie that I doubt is in the original Danish version but which is really makes this movie actually quite powerful especially on 2021 is um, it's a pretty good critique of police departments. Yes. I think it really is um, 
both displays on how difficult it is, but also how poor, like poorly handled things are. Yeah, it's like the combination of like ineffective bureaucracy and uh, bad behavior like, and bad behavior and cor- and the corruption that you know stems from trying to cover that bad behavior up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, and it's I think very, yeah, the new it's really um, matter of fact, and it doesn't come too heavy handed. Even they just mm-hmm. kind of p- portray it as is, like situ as the situation progresses on how how they behave and how even like Jake Gyllenhaal's character's battle between like seemingly being like a bad cop, he's a bad yeah. guy, and Not he's good... fuck, and he's very much fucked up, and he's very like. Um, yeah, it's just Yeah, he's, he's very, like he's like the face of kind of the kind of mook. The mook who means well. The, yeah, but he's like he thinks he has morality and he like and what he does in this movie it's so crazy cuz everyone around him thinks he's nuts like why? Why have you decided that this one thing mm-hmm. means everything? like you've you're like throwing every bit of your passion and life into this one call? And it's right. very, um, and we know why. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a metaphor for the title. He feels guilty. Maybe he can do something right. He wants to do. He's. It's like that situation. It's like he's the guy who wants to do one one good thing with his life before, like you know, the shit yeah. hits the fan or whatever. Uh, also, we gotta uh, just say that the backdrop of this film is there are wildfires <gasps> happening in L.A. L.A. is literally a- burning down. Oh, it looks like Blade Runner. It, yeah. It's, inc- it, it's incredible. It's a great... On these big video screens that they have in front of him, yeah. like monitoring the news and traffic cop, traffic helicopters it, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it really adds like a nice, like, like just a um, Tino of woe. Like it adds yeah. this very, like everything feels, there's like a level of like melancholy and apocalyptic uh, of doom that kind of mm. permeates the film as a result of this and he's and you can tell people are uh, and he's affected by the fires as well he has like a breathing he's, yeah he's got a, he's got asthma so he's his um he's using an inhaler throughout the film mm-hmm. uh we also get very fun like a brief one scene thing with bill burr as at a nightclub <laughs> and it's like that. clearly like bill burr like the second he comes on it's like oh he's just doing like a bill burr bit <laughs> like, it, was, like, it was very funny and then um but my favorite three voice performances in the movie uh big shout out to divine joy randolph of the holdovers as the chp dispatcher who's Mm. like trying to help him but he's like she's like totally thinks he's an asshole and like Mm. doesn't have time to even deal with this like lunatic cop yeah on this like obsessive thing Mm -hmm. and then um but the i mean i think they're really the key voiceovers in this movie, Riley Keough and Peter Sarsgaard. Oh yeah, Peter. Um, who kind of gets the ball? And Peter, like, oh yeah, like yeah, like just doing the voice stuff, and you're like, oh, he he's got a full character. He's got yeah, a full well, character, and he like does it all. Well, it's like yeah, to have a his character. I'm not gonna spoil or anything, but like, it turns on it, a dime at a certain point where like his character and, goes, and it's a good twist. Yeah, it's an incredible it's, it's twist. A, there's a good twist toward the end of the film and going into the third act and you're with Jake and the way Jake performs it visual physically. Oh yeah. When he relearns it all. Yeah. When he learns it all, but then just the way she does her character, Emily and uh, Sarsgaard does his character, Peter or Mm. Peter Henry. 
Um, you need them to give full, full-blooded characters and performances, just despite the fact we never see them. Mm -hmm. But really, I mean, this is, and he knows it. Ask him. This is the Jake Gyllenhaal show. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like it is all about him emoting, screaming, veins bursting out of his heads, sweating. His great arms in that black T-shirt he's wearing, like he's all like muscled up. <laughs> like so he, insane. Yeah, he does look like a guy who kicks in the door though first and like bus heads. Yeah. He, he does. Is a, he's a hundred. He, yeah, he looks like he's a hundred percent out of his element as like a an an nine one one dispatcher whose job is to like maintain a shred of empathy for whoever's on the other side of the phone. This would play like Gangbusters with End of Watch as a double oh. feature. As a uh, Jake yeah. Cop double feature, because it's sure. a similar guy. It's kind of a similar guy he's doing. Yeah, in this oh, one. So and my favorite, one of my favorite moments with them is when he's trying to like relate to someone. He, I think it's like even it might have been Riley Keough's character, mm -hmm. and he's like uh, trying to just keep her on the on the phone. And he's like, "Hey, what what what's your favorite <gasps> food?" Oh yeah, he and, goes and she goes Slurpee. He <laughs> goes, "That's not a food." <laughs> Like, it's like he's such a prick. On. Yeah, he so, just can't. He can't help himself. He can't. And I don't help know himself. if they knew. Like, I think Nick Pizzolatto knew that. I'm not sure how well Jake Gyllenhaal had that mm. down, but like that he's such an asshole. Like, at one point to get like a tech thing, he like leans over to the guy next to him. He goes, "I know I've been an asshole, and I'm so sorry. We should grab a beer." And the guy's like, "Oh, that'd be great." He goes, "Hey, could you do this for me?" And the guy's like, "Yeah." And then he immediately, the guy's like, "I thought we were gonna grab a beer." And he's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> it's just so like blatantly does not care. Or give a yeah. shit. But it's um, it's a full body performance. I mean, it's another yeah. Jake going 110 mm -hmm. performance. I think we we kind of have made it clear over seeing a handful of his movies now that that can go, yeah, in certain directions. Maybe you can. Maybe you have a Zodiac. Maybe you have a Southpaw. Yeah, I think this falls right in the middle. Oh, totally. It's a. Uh, and like, I think he's much way. more suited. I think he, I think it's a it's a well done performance. Mm -hmm. I like him in this movie. Yeah. I think it's good, and he has to carry the damn thing. It's a lot of work. It's a big work. It's like he's a, yeah, it's like you said, he's like doing a play. Yeah. And like for a movie that is primarily just a guy uh, sitting and talking on the phone with people, I was enthralled the entire time. Yeah. I watched this and I watched this like at midnight when I got home after like a long day of work and like I was didn't fall asleep, didn't I was yeah. enraptured until it was done. And I think it it captures a lot of like what we were saying about kind of the um, present day vibes that we like from Antoine Fuqua's movie. He can cover topics that he actually seems to care about. That he's actually emotionally invested in. Characters and that kind of thing. So you get that. You get yeah. that in the ones we've liked the best. Whereas I don't... Like, Infinite felt like a, a job. This feels like something he actually cares about doing. And making, yeah. like, doing a cool movie on. I think, yeah, I think he does really care about, like, yeah, like, I think bureaucratic dysfunction, like, mm -hmm. you know criminal justice system dysfunction these sort of corruption things. at corruption at the top leaking down like in shooter yeah exactly yeah. like that's his bread and butter he needs to like stay like stay in that world antoine i know you're so it's so that stuff is so interesting and you have been been uniform, even the equalizer series i mean like yeah. these have been our favorite ones of your movies keep it up we love them like, i love these <laughs> yeah i love these movies um but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's like there's not a ton because we don't want to give away a lot. Mm -hmm. This is like this is a fun move. This is a fun, creative 
movie. We haven't seen the original, so we can't like say, oh, it's just you know, bad remake. Um, but I think that they put like, you gotta give them an A for effort. They went for it the best. Yeah. Uh, this movie's on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Um, and we all know it's like even the best Netflix movies get lost mm-hmm. in the Netflix ether. Yeah. And they Netflix has never quite decided whether their movies or if they're like just content to throw out there next to another season of Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. This is very depressing. I think yeah. it's like a give and take. It's like if you're David Fincher or Antoine Fuqua or Martin Scorsese, it's like, oh, they'll give us a ton of dough to make whatever really we want. Mm. But it's never going to like have like the it's not going to have the same afterlife or presentation that historical movies have had that we want right. to live within that tradition. Too. Right. It's not going to have the same juice. Yeah, it's like they kind of like, you know, a movie like we're going to cover in a few weeks, The Killer, is already, oddly enough, kind of, I'm doing like a drifting off into the ether hands. So like, yeah, it's already, well, it's already, yeah, it's already. You know, it's, it's out it, there. You know, yeah. was was Maestro real? <laughs> these Man, are questions. That's, that's a movie it was. Already, it was. Yeah. It was a real movie. Yeah, these were both very real, very hard, very worked on movies. And yet, like in the cultural consciousness, They're... they can't help but dissipate a little bit. Yeah. And... and and it's not their fault necessarily. It's the fault of uh you know, a streaming system where everything kind of gives gets the gives the is given the same amount of heft. And yeah. it matters and what matters more is the amount of time you spend watching shit as opposed to the quality of the shit. Yeah, or of the sh- or yeah, and you know, I think like what Apple did with um Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon, giving them a full theatrical run, making them feel like real Important. movies. Yes, yeah. they're going to exist. Like Killers of the Flower Moon, I watched it the other night on Apple TV. It exists in that world too. World, and there are ones on there. I mean, like the Sofia Coppola, Bill Murray movie on the rocks, or the Co- Joel Cohen oh, man, Macbeth yeah. movie. Those do exist kind of in that same ether we were talking about at this point. But at the same time, and those were also kind of like, they didn't get the full theatrical. On the Rocks was another pandemic movie. Yeah. For instance. But yeah, like the guilty, like I think I brought it up to you or Jen. It's like, yeah, both of you, like, what what was that? Like, you hadn't even heard of it practically. And no. it was like, it was, it was, this is a real movie. This is one of, I would put on the higher end of Antoine Fuqua's movies. Yeah, it was an actual movie that was made that felt like a movie ass movie, and it did because it doesn't feel like a like a streaming movie. No, it's because it's interesting, it's unique, yeah. it's trying to come at things from a different perspective, you know, style. And yeah. um, it's a shame. So hopefully, mm-hmm. people will take a look at it. And now that we've talked about it a bit, and not spoiled it, so it's kind of exciting. But this was the second time I saw it when it first came out mm-hmm. in October of 2021. And um, I remember liking it, but I liked it even more second time around. Yeah, I had a good time watching it. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised because I was kind of expecting like, uh, you know, like another infinite or something like that. And it was yeah. like, oh, wow, this is good. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's pretty good. Pretty darn good. It has a uh, 74 percent. On the old Rotten Tomatoes. 
Critical consensus. The Guilty is another Americanized remake overshadowed by the original, but its premise is still sturdy enough to support a tense, well-acted thriller. But again, you know, looking over kind of the consensus reviews and stuff like that, this there's not much that <laughs> has been said about this movie. It premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in September of 2021. It was on Netflix by October of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, you know, it had uh, the top watch film on the platform in the, its first week. Yep. And then, bye bye. Yeah, came and went. Suddenly and people were watching the third sad, season of Stranger Things. I know. And then, yeah, and it's just, um, and maybe that's the world now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just is. I don't know, though. I think people want to feel like things are important. Yeah, things have weight. I think that um, that's why people put so much weight into things like Taylor Swift. I think they want to have like a cultural thing that um, that's theirs, that matters, that they remember. That's like a pinpoint to to, to a time. Yeah, they, that helps. They... It helps us mark time. Cultural mm-hmm. things. Yeah, unified experiences. Yeah. And people may have had the unified experience of the guilty, but they seem to have also had the unified experience of completely and utterly forgetting the guilty. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, people remember the Irishman, but I mean, something as big as Roma has drifted away. Oh, for sure. And Roma's a masterpiece. Roma's a masterpiece, personally. Alfonso (laughs) Um, Caron's best film. It's it's a major league movie. And it should, but I think it's also things like Rome and the Irishman and Marriage Story got Criterion Collection releases, which helped yeah, solidify keep them alive. Them. The guilty yeah. does not exist in any form other than somewhere on Netflix. That is Same, crazy. That is sad. It is sad. Yeah. And there's got to be a way to mark these things. These are people did work hard. Yeah. Because so. as soon as as soon as it gets off of Netflix, it's gone forever. Like it's just yeah. Yeah, and I wish that they cared more, but it's yep. just, that isn't their business. In a, in a just and... world, there'd be a seven ninety nine a DVD that's seven ninety nine. It'd be in a Walmart mm-hmm. bin, and it'd be a, a two two uh, two DVD set of this movie and the little things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd say to yourself, "Huh? Well, I guess it's pretty cheap. I buy it and throw it on your shelf." <laughs> like, yeah. Why not? Maybe I kind I kind of liked that movie. And then yeah. rent, then rent gets tight. Two years from then, you go to Amoeba and sell it to Amoeba. <laughs> yeah, nature heals. Yeah, the cycle yeah. continues. <laughs> Come on, this is how we used to do things, and it didn't work. That it wasn't. Oh uh, man. Um, should also be noted that uh, Antoine Foucault worked with um a different crew. Cinematographer was Maz Makani, edited mm-hmm. by Jason Ballantyne, and music by Marcello Zarvos. Who I saw is he's working with them. He worked with them on Emancipation as well, so it might be working with them mm-hmm. a bit going forward. It's worth your time, though. It's a nice yeah. Thursday evening. Toss it on. Y'all have Netflix. You know where it is. Yeah. And if you missed it, um, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not a perfect. fun time. Not perfect. It's like we said, it's a little too pat. It's a little too clean in how kind of its moral justifications of things and that kind of thing. and decision making but it's got a very passionate performance from jake gyllenhaal and it's a pretty unique way of telling a story and another one um, yeah in another world like, this is a oh go ahead yeah in another world this is the type of movie that would have played on like tnt 
yeah i think yeah. it's also you know quite timely and does a nice job of kind of um dissecting some of the problems with police departments yeah via this character who they don't uh they don't whitewash him no he's a jerk he stinks <laughs> yeah he's a bad guy not, and... fun, not, a, not a fun hang yeah, but at the same time, interesting. And what's what's better than likable? Interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are mm-hmm. a total, I want to hear from the infinite heads out there. Oh my god, please! I want to meet one. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to hear. Give us a. I want a passionate defense of infinite. If you write us a good, passionate defense of infinite, maybe we'll even read it on the air next yeah. week like our uh, explain to us what believers are nihilists and who, where you you align yourself in this yeah, world you dig it also if you're one of the many 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 people who really really got into the magnificent seven equalizer two episode thank you yeah wow of one of our biggest hits and neither patrick nor i ex- had any expectation of that yeah <laughs> We were kind of expecting that would be like a little bit of a, you know, just like a, a downbeat, a down, a little bit less talked about episode. But yeah. apparently, I don't know. I don't have no idea what we said. Maybe we were the first to reveal Pedro Pascal's heel turn being a little weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Thank you. And tell us why you liked that one. Yes. Please. <laughs> let, please. Uh, we need to recreate that. Please. We need to recreate that magic. Um. You can email us at the Academy Academy Podcast at gmail.com or check in with us on X, which Ooh. maybe we'll look at it. Your email is your odds are much better on email. We'll put it just, that just, way. just email us. Yeah, just email us. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, check in with us next mm. week on the show. Big one. Ooh. We're talking about. 2014's Gone Girl, directed oh, by wow. David Fincher. A lot to break down on that one movie that, um, on the flip side of perhaps the ones we talked about today, has maintained its place in the cultural conversation and is has proven to be quite memorable in the 10 years. 10-year anniversary of Gone Girl already this year. Can you believe that? That's um, crazy. I don't I don't like hearing that. I don't like hearing that either. <laughs> I'd already moved here by then. That sucks. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I saw oh, that no. here. We'll talk about my experience <laughs> seeing that here, seeing that mm-hmm. here with David Fincher doing a Q&A. Um, my first like big Hollywood Q&A that Ooh. I went to. Um, but has stood the test of time, inc- or I think pretty damn influential, actually in the last 10 years on how a lot of the both on shows and movies um, oh for sure very and i i saw it last year just for fun outside of the pod and it's a, loved it it's great it's, it's a banger great it's a banger of a movie <laughs> like let's be honest popcorn classic pop yeah absolutely pop but also very thoughtful and well-made picture mm. it hits both checks both boxes it's a banger also good. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> uh, we'll get into all the nitty gritty on Gone Girl nice. next week. Not Gone Girl is currently not on any of the services, oddly enough. But you can rent it. But it's not. Um, I was half expecting it to be on Hulu. Where mm. were? Where are you on that one, Hulu? On seems Hulu. Like, seems like a Hulu picture if there ever was one. Um, on Peacock. Very good Blu-ray. No surprise there. David oh, Fincher. Yeah. 
when when allowed when not working with Netflix gets good Blu-rays. Bencher and um, Scott, they always get it done. Yeah. Hashtag where's Mank. Hashtag where's Mank. Where's Mank? Uh, we'll be looking at that. And the week after that, Patrick, we're already here. We're going to be talking about Emancipation from 2022. Yeah, yeah let's go. Uh, I have not seen it. You um, it did. You seem I liked to be it. on the more positive end on this movie I, than most. So I'm I, um, I'm curious what's your what's going to feel like for a second time for you I, and yeah. first time for me. Was it like, yeah, I, I'm curious because like I remember I remember liking it, but I can also it's a long movie and I can see. We'll see. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, on Apple TV only. That's where mm. it is. There's no disc or oh. hashtag where's emancipation. Yeah. Put it on the Blu-ray. And this was uh, Will Smith's um, first big post slap. Yeah. Picture. This post. was like, yeah, this is post slap comeback, I think. Attempt. We'll get into it more, but we've talked about this. Anything weirder that wasn't like consequential to like the world, really, but just kind of like a pop culturally weird thing. It was you deeply, can think of deeply insane. I remember watching that and like, of course, when you watch it, the first thing you think is like, oh, this is a weird bit like this is staged. But then when you kept watching, you you realized slowly, oh, this this happens. This this was, was not at, planned. I, I was at the New Beverly. I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that mm-hmm. night. And I was like, wow. what a better use of my time than watching the Oscars. And yeah, honestly, I got, pulled out my phone at the movie's over and I got like texts from Jeff. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I was like, that can't even be real. <laughs> As I started looking, I was like. Oh, that what that was a real thing. That was not a bit. It was real. That's something. Man. Crazy. Crazy. And it's like Boy, he didn't have to do that. It was just a wild It's a bad joke. It was a bad Yeah, tasteless. On the, on the uh, tasteless joke, but I mean, what do you expect from something like that from an award yeah. show? Like, yeah. That's the entire thing. Yep, they're gonna poke fun at all the Also he was like guaranteed. To win best best actor that night, he was yep. guaranteed. He was for the think, the Serena Williams, the Williams sisters movie, um, like all the prognot. He was guaranteed. Yeah, well, he so, won. Yeah, he did, and he still ended. Up, he was going to, but so he had to know. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get on stage, this guy. Then later on, I have to give this accept the weirdest acceptance speech ever because I hit this guy earlier in the night in yeah. front of, in front of a billion people. Deeply insane. Yeah, man. Like. Just so. I don't know crazy. what that takes. I don't know what that takes. Yeah, I can Yeah, I don't know where we are on this podcast going into that. But like, we're gonna talk about it more in two weeks, probably too, because it's just so weird and fascinating. Yeah, I've never seen King Richard. Is that like a movie worth it watching? Good. That wasn't yeah. bad. All right, yeah. maybe I'll yeah. give it a watch. I mean, it's what day. you expect it to be, but it's like yeah. it's entertaining. Interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. he's a good actor. So it's good like, sports yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, heaven, heaven forbid you forget that he's actually. A good like movie star and actor like he's a fun yeah. guy to watch <laughs> like you know. oh man yeah it's hard to remember that when you consider a lot of his most recent films I know. yeah or the slap it's yeah. like overtaken Ooh. all of what makes him fun yeah too too bad bummer oh, well but Time yeah to... we're bottom line is we're on the home stretch here because you know it's a week after emancipation what mank 
We're, wow. We are at Mank time. After we're that. The, we're entering we're, the realm of Mank. The, the, we're, 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 we're within, like, you know, when you drive to Las Vegas and you start seeing the lights of the casinos in the distance. You're like, oh, oh, yeah. We're close. That's the same vibe. Same we vibe. Just, we, we just passed that cornfield Joe Pesci was buried in. Yeah, you go a little bit past Victorville, which is where much of Mank takes place, yes. <laughs> and head towards Vegas, and you're 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 there. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we're almost there. But anyway, this was a weird one. Infinite. Yeah, man, deeply insane. Yeah, time yeah. for me to eat <laughs> haven't had one of these in a while. I'm just gonna get. I'd rather have scrambled eggs than think about mm. an egg that could destroy the world. Scrambled eggs. Where are my scrambled eggs? I gotta find the scrambled eggs. Oh, you know, I, I'm not gonna do it. I don't feel comfortable going all the way, but we could do like a Fraser toss salad and um, mm. nuclear eggs or whatever. Yeah, toss salad and uh, world destroying eggs. Yeah, toss salad and world destroying eggs. eggs. All right, see y'all later. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> what? It's an egg? <laughs> it's a freaking egg, Ted. Freakin it's egg. a freaking egg. Where's a freaking egg? We gotta find a freaking egg, Ted. We gotta find this egg. It's gonna destroy us all, Ted. Ted's a nihilist. Yeah, oh, Ted shit. Is... oh shit! Oh shit! Oh no, Ted. Oh, no. Ted. Ted.